When Christine Thomas was only 42 years old, she bent down to pick up her newborn daughter and fractured her spine. That fracture led to the discovery that Christine had been living with undetected osteoporosis. Since then, she has become an author, advocate, volunteer, and speaker who shares her osteoporosis story to help others. I'm Krista Lamb, and I'm your host for the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada. Today, I'll be talking to Christine Thomas about her experience living and thriving with osteoporosis. Welcome to the show, Christine. Thank you for having me, Krista. Well, you have a really interesting story about how you discovered you had osteoporosis. So before you had those fractures, did you have any indication that you might develop the condition? Um, That's an interesting question. My mother and her three sisters all had a curvature in the upper spine. But many, many years ago, you know, let's say look at 30 years ago, osteoporosis was rarely diagnosed and rarely treated. We all thought, oh, that upper curvature in the spine was a natural part of aging. And we all accepted that. So I was genetically predisposed to the disease, but I didn't know it at the time. We now know that everybody loses a bit of bone as they age, but osteoporosis is abnormal bone loss. And it can lead to uh, collapses in the vertebrae to the curvature of the spine. So we now know a lot more than we did back then. And I mean, that would lead me to think that when you were first diagnosed, there are some things you wish people had told you and healthcare providers might have told you that you know now having lived with the condition for so long. Absolutely. Many people don't know they have osteoporosis until they fracture, till they break a bone. And you spend about 10 to 20 minutes with your doctor and the rest of the time you have to learn to live well with the disease on your own. And also, you know, living with osteoporosis is one thing. Living with fractures caused by the disease is something else because you want to do everything you possibly can to prevent that cascade of future fracture. So what I would tell people is one, particularly after fractures, the journey to recovery is really about mending the mind, body, and soul. In terms of mending the body, you've got pain management, uh, good nutrition, calcium, vitamin D. I highly recommend they see a reputable physiotherapist who understands osteoporosis and can guide them through safe stretches and exercises, and also to look at the soul and the emotional side of the disease. After my fractures, all I wanted to do was stay in bed. The pain was debilitating. I spiraled into a depression, and it wasn't until two doctors approached me that I took an antidepressant to give me the impetus to get back into the game of life. I had to hire a full-time caregiver for my daughter because I could not take care of her and she was bonding more with her than me. It was a very difficult time. So you have to treat that side of you, not just the body. You know, emotional scars run deep when you're diagnosed with a chronic disease. You know, I use tools to turn around my mood, such as meditation, progressive muscle relaxation, and incantation. So it's full body as opposed to just treating the physical aspects of the disease. And you talked a little bit about having a small child and all of those sorts of things. Were there things that your family was really helpful with and and other things you wish that they had better understood? My husband and my daughter, Chanel, are unbelievably supportive. They've been outstanding. They're the reason why I'm unbreakable. That's what I say. But in all fairness, you know, when mama bear is in pain, it affects all the cubs and the rest of the family. It's not, when you have a chronic disease, it affects the whole family, not just yourself. And what I find that 
family and friends that are most helpful are the ones that are, that are flexible, that are adaptable, so that on those days that I'm really struggling, that they pitch in and help out. And part of that is my responsibility to communicate how I feel that day and don't expect them to just know it. And also those that are willing to learn a little bit about the disease and what I'm going through. The ones that I find challenging in terms of friends and family are what I call the fixers. They'll phone you up and say, you know, take a warm bath, you'll feel so much better. Or I found this on the internet and it's going to work, I promise you. Or, you know, my back was a little sore a couple of weeks ago. I took this. It's magical. You got to try it. I just politely say thanks for sharing because having a mild sore back versus five compression fractures, there's quite a bit of a different scale there. But, you know, part of it is my communication in response to those people because pain is something that you, it's invisible. You can't feel it. You can't see it unless you're living it. So I've learned it's my responsibility too. You really thrived living with osteoporosis, which is a wonderful thing. And and so I think that also you might have some really great advice for people about how they can live a healthier life with osteoporosis. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, one of the things I, I always tell people is to do your homework. Look at reputable sites such as Osteoporosis Canada. Know your family history. Prepare for your doctor's appointments so that you go in, let's say, your top three questions know your risk for breaking a bone. Uh, The Osteoporosis Canada site has a quick risk quiz. A lot of people talk about your bone mineral density test, but knowing your risk for breaking a bone is not just about the bone mineral density test. There's other factors. You know, are you in menopause? Do you have a family history? What medications are you on? Have you broken a bone in the past? So know those risk factors and talk to your family doctor about those risk factors, not just your bone mineral density test. And also, you know, it's really important. Our healthcare system is overloaded and overwhelmed. So it's also on the part of the patient to prepare for those appointments. The other thing I recommend, which I've mentioned before, is to find a reputable physiotherapist who is knowledgeable about osteoporosis, whether you have fractures or not, to help guide you through safe exercises and stretches that can help you build better bones. And also the last thing I would recommend is there's the free Canadian Osteoporosis Patient Network on the Osteoporosis Canada site. You get an e-newsletter once chock full of great tips, notices on free webinars, and inspirational stories of people that are living well with osteoporosis. Those are great pieces of advice. And one of the things about you is that you have been a dedicated volunteer. You've been so involved in in speaking and advocacy, and not everybody is willing to do that. What was it that inspired you to get involved this way? Well, it's interesting. After I completed my executive MBA at Queen's University, I knew at some point in time in my life I wanted to volunteer because of my skills and experience with a not-for-profit organization, never in a million years knowing that it would be because I got osteoporosis. So that was a natural link. And once I began my journey to recovery, I reached out to Osteoporosis Canada, and it was a win-win. I could share my skills, and I learned so much from them how to improve my bone health and to connect with people who got it, who understood what I was living with, and who had gotten through the same trauma as me. I find that in meeting people that are suffering from the disease, it gives me the impetus and the passion 
to be fearless, to advocate for those people and to share my story. It's not just about the science and the evidence and understanding the disease, but it's understanding the emotional the side of the disease for, for these people that don't have a voice, let's say, or aren't capable of voicing what they would like to share. So I like to advocate on behalf of those people. And the other more pressing issue is, you know, many people don't know that uh, one in three women and one in five men in Canada will suffer from a fracture caused by osteoporosis. So we need Osteoporosis Canada and people to advocate to our healthcare system to ensure that we close this healthcare gap and these people get treated. To me, it's not acceptable that men and women over the age of 50 across Canada, they go in, let's say, with a broken wrist. It's never diagnosed and treated as osteoporosis. They come back in a few years with a hip fracture or a spine fracture. So if you look at our healthcare system, that's a tremendous cost. If you look at the individuals, it's a tremendous impact on their quality of life. And so if you are speaking to people, do you recommend that they go to their doctor and ask for, you know, a screening? What, what would you suggest if people are listening to this and, and they suspect or they're concerned that they might have osteoporosis? The big thing, as I mentioned, is if they can know a little bit more about their family history and look at risk factors online for osteo at on the osteoporosis canada site so that when they go in to see their doctor they may say you know what can i have a bone mineral density test number one and two i'm looking and i see that i have a couple of risk factors here i'm on this medication my mother had a hip fracture at age 80 etc so they sit down and have that discussion and say okay because what your doctor is to do is they're going to look at your bone mineral density test your risk factors, plug it into an algorithm, and what comes out is what is your risk for breaking a bone? Yes, you may have osteoporosis, but the most important thing is what is your risk for breaking a bone? Is it is it low, is it medium, or is it high? And if it's high, for, that's when you have to say, okay, what are we going to do here to manage your bone health at any level? But it may not just be calcium, vitamin D, and exercise. You may need an osteoporosis treatment to ensure or to reduce your risk for breaking a bone. And I think that's really important information for people to recognize and, and to know. So but thank you. And one of the ways that you've been sharing your story is through your book and your blog. Your book is called Unbreakable, which is a wonderful title. And so why did you decide to write the book and start sharing um, through the blog? I guess a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to share my story and encourage men and women to take care of their bones and also dispel some myths about the disease. Many men don't realize they think it's a woman's disease where actually it's both men and women are affected by osteoporosis. And also at the time when I fractured, I couldn't find any books out there that really helped me. There were a few that were written from a doctor's perspective, but they missed quite a bit in terms of pain management, exercise, and living with the emotional side of the disease. And so when I put the book together, it's not just evidence-based research. I also decided to share my journey. When I give seminars and when I talk about the book, telling my story is very difficult because it brings back a lot of bad memories. But I've made the decision that it's it's very important and it's necessary and it's compelling. And that's what helps even politicians stand up and listen to say, okay, we've got to do something about this. How can we move forward? 
I think that you offer such a unique perspective, both in the book and in your advocacy work. And so now when you meet someone who's newly diagnosed, what do you say to them? Well, I start out by saying you can live well with osteoporosis. You can manage this. It's going to be a journey. It may take some work, but you can live well with the disease. When I was diagnosed, it was overwhelming. It, it was debilitating. It was depressing. But I can now say at 61 that I managed the disease instead of letting it manage me. So I share that with people to say, yes, I went through a difficult phase, but with the right resources, with the right support, with the right attitude, doing your homework looking at reputable sites, not all these sites that could be coral calcium or something magical, that if you do your homework and get the right resources and the right help, you can manage this disease and you can live well with the disease. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing your story with us today. I really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks so much, Krista. Take care. You too. I'm Krista Lamb, and you've been listening to the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada. If you'd like more information about osteoporosis, visit our website at osteoporosis.ca. If you have questions or comments about this topic or about our podcast, reach out to us on our website or via social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Enjoying the show? Hit subscribe in the podcast provider of your choice. Thanks for listening.